Welcome to Word Journeys, a podcast about etymology and the surprising stories behind the origins of English words. This is Dallas, coming to you from Philadelphia. Today's episode will focus on two animals which have played a major role in human history, the horse and the cow. Specifically, the Latin words for horse and cow have led to many new English words, as the use of these animals in society has changed and new roles and occupations have been created around them. The stories behind these words in particular are a great example of how Latin evolved in its later years. Many words we cover come from Latin, but only saying something comes from Latin leaves out much of the story. Today's words mainly come from vulgar Latin, but that might not mean what you think it means. Vulgar in this sense means of the common people, from the Latin word vulgus, meaning crowd. It referred to the dialect of Latin spoken by soldiers, slaves, and other common people in the Roman Empire. In any language, certain groups of speakers might have distinct vocabularies, pronunciations, or grammar. Vulgar Latin generally wasn't used by the upper classes or in Latin literature. Instead, we would call that classical Latin. The Romance languages, that is, languages such as French, Spanish, Italian, and Portuguese which descended from Latin, largely evolved not from classical Latin, but from vulgar Latin, during the 6th through the 9th centuries CE. So, keep vulgar Latin in your mind as we look into the words for horse and cow. The word for horse in classical Latin was equus, and that word makes it into English in words such as equine or equestrian. But the preferred word for horse in vulgar Latin was not equus, but rather cabalus. Cabalus was likely of Gaulish origin, and specifically referred to a pack horse or a nag, an old or broken down horse. Over time, this specialized term came to be the general term for horse in vulgar Latin. And so, the words for horse in the Romance languages come from cabalus and not equus. For instance, the French cheval, the Italian cavallo, and the Spanish cavallo. Ultimately, we get a few English derivatives from cabalus. From cabalus, we get the late Latin cabalarius, meaning a horseman. And from that, we get the old French chevalet, meaning a knight and the evolution of this word reflects the emergent social position of the knight. Chevalet, knight, led to Old French chevalerie, meaning knighthood, nobility, or cavalry, and from this we get the English word chivalry. Chivalry originally referred to a force of knights or horsemen equipped for battle, but over time it came to refer to the character and social code of the knight. By 1765, writers began to speak of the age of chivalry, and by 1829, chivalry was used to refer to the courteous character of the ideal knight, and that is the prevailing sense of the word today. Around the same time, the word cavalry, from the same root, entered English and meant horsemanship or knighthood. For the 16th and 17th centuries, cavalry and chivalry could be used interchangeably, but eventually cavalry came to refer to mounted troops, paired with the word infantry. Also from chevalet, we get the word chevalier, which referred to a mounted soldier in English and was in use since the 14th century. It is from chevalier that we get the word cavalier, which could also refer to horsemen. It transitioned in the early 17th century to mean a gallant or a swaggering courtly gentleman trained at arms. 
but the period of time around the English Civil War in the mid-17th century gave us our most enduring picture of the Cavalier. The Royalist supporters of King Charles I took on the title Cavaliers, and they were opposed to the Roundheads, supporters of the English Parliament who got their name from some Puritan parliamentarians who wore their hair closely cropped. This style was a clear contrast with that of the Cavaliers, who generally wore their hair long and with curls, with lace and plumed hats. Cavalier was initially a disparaging term, and supporters of Charles I were called Cavaliers as a negative comparison to their Spanish counterparts, the Caballeros. The Spanish Caballeros had gained notoriety because of their harsh and murderous treatment of the Dutch during the Dutch Revolt in the late 16th century, and the Cavaliers were implied to be just as savage. But unlike the term Roundhead, Cavalier was embraced by the Royalists, and over time lost its negative sense. Today, it's hard to imagine Cavaliers without thinking of the long-haired and very fancily dressed courtiers of the English Civil War. These, frankly, ridiculous-looking figures, inspired adjectival use of the word to mean careless or free by 1657, and the word transitioned to also take on the meaning of haughty or disdainful by 1751. The German word for horse also has its origin in Vulgar Latin, just from a different horse word, the Latin weredus. Just as the Latin cabalus originally referred to a specific type of pack horse, the term weredus also referred to a specific use, it meant a post-horse, which was fast and used by couriers. Waredus was combined with the Greek prefix para, meaning beside, and the late Latin word para-waredus referred to a post-horse for outlying or frontier districts. Para-waredus became farafrid in Old High German, which became fert in German, and that's the common word for horse today. On a separate track, the late Latin paravaredus became palafredus, which came into English as the word palfrey. A palfrey is an antiquated equestrian term, which referred to a saddle horse for ordinary riding, or for ladies specifically, because it was known for its smooth gait. In the medieval period, horses were differentiated not so much by breed as they are today, but by use. Palfreys were riding horses, whereas war horses were known as chargers. There are a number of amusing archaic terms that reflect specific uses, names which include destriers, rounces, hobbies, and hacks. The classical Latin word for horse, equus, might have brought one more derivative into English, and that's the word zebra. This curious name for a curious beast entered English around 1600 through Portuguese. Some contend that zebra is a Congolese word, taken into Portuguese directly as a loanword. Others posit that it ultimately came from the Latin phrase equus ferris, meaning wild horse. This proposed etymology would proceed like this. Equus ferris became ecaferris in vulgar Latin, which became ezebrario or zebrario in Portuguese. This was further abbreviated to enzebra and then to zebra. Regardless of which etymology is correct, Portuguese explorers encountered zebras in the 15th century in Africa, which was a long-awaited reintroduction to Europeans after more than a millennium. Roman historian Cassius Dio wrote that the emperor Caracalla trained zebras to pull a chariot as part of a public spectacle in the Roman Colosseum in the early 3rd century CE, and he called this creature 
the hippotigris, which means the tiger horse. Hippo is the Greek root meaning horse, and it's where we get the English words hippodrome and hippopotamus, which means river horse. But for the zebra, there's no further mention of it in Europe until the 15th century. Next, we'll talk about the reintroduction of the horse to North America. Ancestors of the horse had inhabited North America up until the late Pleistocene epoch, around 10,000 years ago, when they went extinct. But during the 16th century, the Spanish brought cattle and horses. The cattle thrived in the fertile and expansive plains of the American West, and soon there needed to be skilled workers to tend to the cattle. Cowherding was a very old European tradition that extended back to ancient times, and usually the task of tending to livestock was given to a miner. But in North America, the task of cattle herding evolved a little differently. The Spaniards had a long tradition of working riding that went back to the Moorish period, and well-trained horse-mounted livestock herders in the Spanish tradition became commonplace in North America. They came to be known in Spanish as vaqueros, which roughly translates to cattlemen, and this is another derivative from vulgar Latin. The classical Latin word for cow or ox was bos, and it's where we get the word bovine, as well as beef and bugle, good etymologies for another time. But the vulgar Latin word for cow was vaca, which is the source of the Spanish word for cow, vaca, as well as the Spanish vaquero. It's also the source of our word vaccine, because Edward Jenner's breakthrough treatment for smallpox involved the preventative injection of the cowpox virus, and cowpox was called variolae vaccinae in Latin. But back to vaqueros. The vaqueros who worked in cattle herding in northern Mexico were of mestizo or Native American descent. The vaqueros first arrived in California in 1687 with Jesuit priest Eusebio Quino. And for a long time afterward, ranch owners in the United States left the cattle herding duties to Mexicans. The Spanish horse-working tradition was particularly well-suited for California. The climate was dry and the grass was sparse, and so large cattle herds needed lots of space to forage. This meant that riders had to be able to cover large areas on horseback, which meant lighter, quicker horses. California vaqueros used lighter equipment, and in particular, they used a heavy noseband called a hackamore instead of a bit. Hackamore is actually derived from the Spanish hakima, which comes from the Arabic sakima, demonstrating the Moorish influence on Spanish. As more and more American settlers moved west and encountered the vaqueros, a new tradition began to arise out of the vaquero tradition, and it was named as a translation of vaquero. These people came to be called cowboys. The word first appeared in this sense in 1725, as a direct translation from the Spanish, and by 1849 it was applied to adults, not just boys, in the American West. The peak period of the cowboy lasted up until the 1880s, when barbed wire was introduced and the era of the open range came to a close. Many ranches didn't need skilled horsemen to corral their cattle if the cattle were contained by barbed wire in a restricted area. The vaqueros evolved into cowboys, both in their traditions and etymologically, but vaqueros gave us another Western English derivative, the word buckaroo. Buckaroo is just an English attempt at rendering the Spanish vaquero, and was influenced by the already existing word buck. There are a few more cowboy-themed derivatives I want to mention. The first, 
A kind of untamed horse called a bronco derived its name from the Spanish bronco, meaning rough or rude, and originally referred to a knot in wood. This is from a mix of the Latin words broccus, meaning projecting, and truncus, meaning the trunk of a tree. Another type of untamed horse also took its name from Latin. The mustang took its name from the Spanish mestengo, meaning a wild and ownerless creature. Mestengo is derived from the word mesta, meaning mixed, referring to the non-homogenous herds. The term mesta traces its ultimate origin to the Latin phrase animalia mixta, and referred to mixed or unclaimed animals. And finally, there are the leg coverings cowboys wear, called chaps, spelled C-H-A-P-S. Chaps was a shortened form of the Spanish chaperreras, which were so named because they protected the legs from chaparro, which referred to shrub thickets, and is possibly from a Basque word. The climatic region called the chaparral, found in California and northern Mexico, is characterized by and named for the presence of chaparro. Next, a more tropical cowboy tradition. Stay with us. There were distinct California and Texas cowboy traditions that evolved to meet the cowboy's specific needs based on a number of factors, such as geography. But there's another interesting type of cowboy I'll discuss, and that's the Paniolo, the Hawaiian cowboy. In 1793, explorer George Vancouver, namesake of the Canadian city, sent a gift of cattle to Kamehameha I, the king of Hawaii at the time. Neither horses nor cattle were endemic to the islands. Kamehameha prohibited killing any of the cattle for ten years, and they multiplied and thrived in the fertile plains of the lush Hawaiian islands. Eventually, Hawaii had an out-of-control cow population problem, and the king thought that starting a beef industry would be a good way to combat this issue, but Hawaiian geography presented some difficulties. Initially, Wild cattle were captured by being driven into open pits in the ground. Then, because there weren't proper loading areas, the cattle would have to be put on ships by swimming them out in the water and getting them onto boats. But this all changed in 1832, when King Kamehameha III was visiting California and invited some vaqueros to Hawaii so they could teach the locals the art of herding. Soon, there was a class of vaquero-trained Hawaiian cowboys, who became known as Paniolos. Paniolo is derived from the word Espanol and denoted the origin of their instructors. The Hawaiian language has no S sound, and every syllable in their language ends in a vowel, so Paniolo is derived from a Hawaiian attempt to say Espanol. The Paniolos are still around today, though many fear it is a dying art. They have a reputation of being milder and gentler, and their Californian or Texan counterparts, and they wear lays around their hats. Now it's time for our Cognate Corner segment, where we consult the American Heritage Dictionary of Proto-Indo-European Roots and find out some cognates of our weekly words. Cognates are the etymological equivalent of cousins. They're words which evolved separately from the same source. This week, we'll stick to the horse theme and look at the root behind the word pony. Pony is derived from the French poulainet, 
meaning little foal, which is from the Latin pullus, referring to the young of an animal. We've actually encountered this root before, in the name of Pulcinella, who appeared in the Commedia dell'arte episode. The Latin pullus comes from the Proto-Indo-European root pau, which means few or little. Other English derivatives ultimately from this root include the Latin-derived pauper, poor, and poverty. From Old English and Germanic, we get full and filly. We also get from Latin poultry and pusillanimous. And finally, it gives us the Greek root paideia, meaning child, from which we get orthopedics and encyclopedia. Last week, I left you with a word puzzle. It was, can you think of two English words of the same length that differ by only one letter, such as cat and bat, that could both be synonyms for drink? The answer I had in mind, and it might be sort of a stretch, admittedly, was swill and swell. Swill can be a noun or a verb, meaning to drink, especially drink in large quantities or mouthfuls, and it's etymologically related to the word swallow. Swell, in this case, would be an ocean swell, and the ocean can colloquially be referred to as the drink. But here's another one for next week, and I'll intentionally be a little vague. There's a horse-related word, which is just a shortened form of a specific place name, and the word's meaning reflects how people got to this place. Can you think of what this word is? If so, you can write into us with your answer at www.wordjourneyspodcast.com. I'll reveal the answer at the end of the next episode. That's it for this week. If you would like more information on this topic, or if you want to see a list of words that were covered in the episode, just visit our website, where you'll also find a contact page to write in with questions, comments, or suggestions for future topics. If you've been enjoying the podcast, please consider leaving a good rating or review for the podcast on iTunes. Musical selections in this episode come from the Advent Chamber Orchestra, Jason Shaw, and Johnny Noble's Hawaiians from the Antique Phonograph Music Program. This is Dallas Simons. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.